Welcome everyone. I hope this finds you well. My name is Albert, and this is the Elden Ring Podcast, Episode 3, The Ring of Candles. Now, earlier yesterday, I recorded this episode, and it was at work. There was a lot of noise in the background. I will still include that recording for you all with a few tweaks audio-wise, but I actually wanted to take this opportunity, considering just how special this time is, which is, as I look at my watch, about 12 hours until the beginning of the Summer Games Fest showcase, and all of our extended Miyazaki family of gameology scholars so forth, preparing their various live streams, including Sean the Law Hunter, who will be joining me for the next episode, um, which will be the episode that will record after my own. I'll be streaming solo, and he will be streaming himself, and um, that will be episode four, which I'm tentatively calling Beyond the Sea of Fog, unless a new title kind of naturally fits. And then after that, Sean and I will get together with uh, whoever I've put the call out to everyone, including Vati Vidya, who I met in 2016, to see how big of a gigantic celebratory Zoom party we can have. We'll also be joined um, by uh, an up-and-coming YouTuber who is... It's criminal, It's criminal, frankly, that they haven't, um, uh, you know, stepped further in, into the limelight, but I am greatly, greatly looking forward to them. And their name is um, Terrapop. Um highly highly recommended so definitely if you are looking for someone to just dive fully into their content it's just t-e-r-a-p-o-p and they have 140 subscribers right now on youtube completely criminal this person is an absolute ride or die miyazaki and passionate uh extremely high quality setup scholar we look forward to speaking with them um uh two episodes from now right now i'm recording this preamble for this particular episode, because, as I mentioned, there's a very special time leading up to the um, the beginning of something that is intrinsic to the entire experience of a Miyazaki title, which is the ramp up of hype, um, the release of the concept art, the release of the Game Informer, um, which I am certain that that will be the cover story for Game Informer, will be Elden Ring. Edge magazine, uh, all these various different publications, the the way that uh, Miyazaki's titles have a way of just essentially taking over because of this sensibility that he and his um, co-creators have of not sitting on their laurels and really working extremely hard. The same applies for George R. R. Martin, who is just the level of juggling this man does with all of his various projects. He, um, Some people say about him not finishing his book yet. I don't really subscribe to that. He's managing however um, however he wants his priorities. So, But the reason why I'm going to actually very quickly cut to the original recording, I'm actually also going to jump in later to give you a teensy little preamble to a very, very special inclusion that I've made um, from some extremely kindred creators to me, uh, inspiring figures, um, Cole Ross and Gary Butterfield from Duckfeed TV. Now, I didn't um, speak with them directly. This is it's going to be a clip from one of their 
um, shows. Uh, the full episode, obviously, is over on their Patreon exclusive, and I am a patron of theirs. I highly, highly recommend you go and patronize them. They have completely, essentially, transferred to the Patreon environment, and for good reason. Uh, I am completely unfettered in, in saying that they are far, far better overall, more articulate, more intelligent, more, uh, um, I would say, able to articulate themselves flawlessly than me uh, as, as, a, as podcasters. They have a, an amazing base of knowledge in the literary realm, in the filmmaking realm, and certainly in the interactive art form as well. I've learned so many things from them, from listening to them. I have so many very positive and, dare I say, cozy memories of like, you know, rugging up in winter here in Canberra and listening to a bonfireside chat, which is their Souls Like Focused series. Um, I learned new words from them. I learned what diegetic means. I learned the word palimpsest, which a uh, di diegetic, I'll just kind of give you the um, uh, de definition, right? So it's of a sound or a film occurring within the context of the story. And then palimpsest is a piece of paper that is um, continuously written on top of and then erased and then written on top of again until it creates this very interesting texture. And that's what a palimpsest is. And um, I've learned yeah, entire, you know, swaths of, of new phrases and words from them. And so not only teachers and, and peers in that sense that we are creating this, uh, you know, extended Miyazaki slash Soulsborne slash Souls-like um, material uh, as part of that kind of wider community. But frankly, when I play you this clip um, later in the episode, which will be a clip uh, which will be so timely. And I, I really do hope some of you get to listen to this episode just before. I'll be publishing it as quickly as possible. Essentially, right after this, I'm going home to edit this. I want you all to listen to it, listen to their thoughts on what, particularly what um, uh, Cole and Gary have to say about their hopes and expectations and ideas for what Elden Ring will turn out to be. And, that, and then slide straight into the next episode. I think that'll be quite enjoyable for you, so it'll bring you up to speed. One interesting thing is that I hadn't actually... Um, I just I love them as that baseline of love where you know you have that like that cousin or that distant family member that you just love what they do, who they are, and maybe you don't um, stay in touch as much. But tonight marked the first time that I personally listened to this particular segment and that is why I will be including it in this uh, re-edit and putting this one back out so without further ado enjoy my original recording from yesterday and prepare yourself for at a certain point for it to open up and transition into this beautiful segment from Bonfireside Chat Rekindled which once again I'll be putting my entire media making bandwidth towards getting each and every one of you to go over to their patreon and start following them enjoy welcome everyone i hope this finds you well today on this very special day it, we are on the other side of the most directly indicative and doubtless and undeniable sign that we are about to emerge from the sea of fog. Wednesday 9th of June is in front of me now on the screen and Summer Games Fest. The Ring of Candles is the title of this episode. Let's record this moment in history folks. Let's do this. So this morning 
I wake up, I'm doing my admin, I'm preparing for what I believed to be the sequence of episodes which would have gone into, you know, um, uh, Beyond the Sea of Fog, which was going to be the Summer Games Fest, you know, reveal trailer, doing some admin. I've recently brought on board the Law Hunter. He has confirmed that he will be joining me. He's been on the program a couple times before with Miyazaki and Sekiro. And uh, then after that, there's going to be, you know, <laughs> Tragic Things Unite, which was I was planning for the episode, excuse me, episode four. But I had to. I'm sitting on my lunch break and I had to. We have to dive in. This is momentous. This is uh, out of nowhere. I, I wrote, you know, I had a meeting actually this morning and I was just... I couldn't stop myself. I felt like a child, like a kid again in that like wonderful sort of heart heart opening way where you're like, you know what, actually <laughs> you know, there's there's excitement in the world and, and it's it's great to be alive and all that and all that good stuff. You're not that I don't feel that I'm happy, I've got fiance, I've got job and all this stuff, but frankly, like some days it's like just knowing something like Elden Ring is coming, this um Folks, you, I mean, you're going to open a little bracket here. It's like, oh, people are wondering why, why the excitement. Not only does that with that uh, withdrawal from from the public eye create intrigue and build up hype inherently, but I personally love when there's as little information as possible because it invites people to connect and speculate and really broaden and exercise their minds. And that's what we've been doing a lot with this creativity and Barty, uh, who I met in 2016, and he's been invited to the episode. Now it's going to be episode five, because this one is going to be episode three. Um, he's invited to, and we're hoping to have a gigantic Zoom celebration uh, in the aftermath of the Summer Games Fest definite reveal. So it is no longer a speculated reveal. And I will explain to you why it is going to be definite right now. Summer Game Fest. You want to type that into Twitter on this magnificent day. <laughs> Man, holy crap. Yeah, of course, 1,224 likes, 175 retweets. Um, yeah, this is... <laughs> Many of you have asked, wondered, been curious, even hopeful. I must now come clean. There are no Muppets attending Summer Games Fest kickoff on Thursday. He is the biggest fucking troll. <laughs> but in response, um, it's, I think this is him actually retweeting um, a tweet from Summer Games Fest. And then Summer Games Fest retweeted that. Oh, the magic of Twitter. What you're hoping to see on Summer Games Fest. This was tweeted six hours ago. At 6.12 a.m. on June 9th, 2021. Hope you're hoping to see what you're hoping to see on Summer Games Fest kickoff. Okay, and the top comment there is a man escapes gamer jail. A man escapes uh, gamer jail. Uh, spelled a bit different, but that's the Law Hunter, my co host on the Elder Ring podcast, commenting there. <laughs> Radio. And then we see VAID replying with just the despairing, you know, um, uh, blacksmith, you know, with the Elden symbol there. <laughs> we have many people responding with, oh, okay, so then that's obviously amazing. Um, and we have people like JB, Johnny Blocks replying with, like, I think it's a, a Friday, you know, the Fright Night at Freddy's or whatever that's called, like there's a happy gift there. Uh, security breach is one. Any of these, please. So basically, there's even a sense, actually, um, <laughs> among the commenters that it just hasn't 
fully hit people yet. They don't understand what's about to, to happen. Oh yeah, Hobrick, which I've just loved, is I really want it. I'm actually retweeting that guy right now. Just talking about this on ep three <laughs> of the podcast, the Elden Ring podcast, which are, we are going to call the, the Ring of Candles. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. The thread of light, the ring of candles, all these evocative terms, you know? And honestly, I wasn't, I was not going to record today, folks. I'm, I'm doing lunch, I'm chilling. And then I was like, I, I do want to capture this moment in history so that we can listen back to it and just kind of feel that electricity in the air, you know? There's no way you tease as much as he's teasing and not have something show up. So this is very heartening and heartwarming, you know? Um, the ring of candles. Absolutely. And that one isn't. Absolutely an impromptu recording. Here we fucking go. Righto. Um, but in terms of the Elden Ring community, uh, as a little bit of a vibe check and a sort of finger on the pulse, it has been very, very active, extremely active, um, especially thanks to my co host, uh, you know, Sean the Law Hunter, who is one of the most tireless, if not, actually, not even if not, there's no question, the most tireless uh, Elden Ring content creator on YouTube doing his daily Q&As. I've actually submitted my question to him, which is, what does he think about um, dragons in, in Elden Ring? Uh, and I actually, during my work meeting, which I'm actually going to be posting, <laughs> I might actually include it in the uh, thumbnail art for this one on YouTube, if I can get crafty enough and like do that time management thing, which we all we all try and do with these modern modern lives we lead, oh sorry, adult lives we lead, we lead rather. Um, yeah, I, I'm so swept off by that idea of, of uh, you know, open world. We have trees, we have verticality. We are going to be flying dragons and uh, mount, mounting up and like leading them by, by the bridle, like Red, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 style. Like I, I'm so heavily manifesting that. I believe it'll be about 70% through the game so that you've covered most areas on foot and then that's when the mount comes in. Very similar to Final Fantasy XV. Uh, that's kind of what I'm manifesting there for, um, uh, yeah. That's the. That's honestly like, if you really think about um, the mechanics and what we're looking at um, uh, next gen wise, um, what we are now able to do open world, you know, with um, I'm trying to give you guys uh, like a really tangible example. Look at Final Fantasy XIV, for example. You saw the, you know, the flying like unicorn type thing, or the sorry, the Pegasus, that sort of thing. I just want it to be this given this, this given thing i mean honestly if, if they wanted to like blow my mind even further they would take this yaku um uh deer which uh, sean's been talking about the rumors have shown and the glimpse in the teaser trailer of that mount and boom then that that guy suddenly sprouts wings and then what an iconic image that would be you know of this uh this deer ungulate type creature you know that um, that sprouts wings and then has this iconic look. Okay, so this is actually a very special time because um, I'm so glad I'm recording now, actually. Right, so I'm going to bring you all in into the hearth of the Elden Ring podcast. Grab your hot chocolate, grab your tea, you know, pushing your lawnmower, fucking taking kids to work or, sorry, no, taking kids to school or going to work or folding laundry, whatever. Come in close, big hugs from Australia. And now I want you to imagine, really picture... In the lead up to, for example, Bloodborne, we got Edge magazine. We got the release of the concept art, 
this was 2014, so things are a bit different now. Uh, in advance of Sekiro, sorry, in advance of um, uh, Dark Souls 3, which is, was very, very memorable for me. Um, I still had the Tweety Gamer site up there, I think. It was my, it was my old username. It's uh, Tweety Gamer. I still had that up and running. Um, and and then I saw like the Maggot Men, for example, from, from, from Dark Souls 3. And I saw the Candle Sage. Like this extremely intriguing, you know, interesting, uh, evocative um, character designs. And I'm just, I'm so glad you're, you're sitting down. <laughs> I hope presumably, or if not, definitely sit down because folks, we're about to get that again. Like in a few days time, there will be concept art releases. Do you understand? We're going to see beautifully rendered concept art of these dragons, of these characters. It won't be blurry anymore. Uh, it won't be... <laughs> Jeff Keighley will be out of game prison. <laughs> game, you know what I mean? Like, that's something to be celebrated. He and his little chihuahua thing, you know. That that was excellent when I saw that. Um, <laughs> that sort of chart of proof that things are about to happen. That was incredible. And uh, definitely before the end, I will have posted that because again it's about capturing history now because things are happening extremely quickly um i wasn't expecting this tease did not have to happen he didn't have to basically as i mentioned you know read it verbatim that idea of like what people are expecting i mean if you think about it it's almost it almost feels like the account was hacked like that's how e that's how like direct this illusion is um you know and like damn damn and just ratcheted the hype up to like brand new levels you know no big deal. I love that uh, SGF suddenly decided to do that. Um, thank you, Sean, for now I am going to be using the word SGF. Like, that's amazing. Um, uh, SGN. Sorry, I was actually, I was trying to place, like, what is what am I thinking of? That, that it, It's the John, John Krasinski thing. I was like, oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, cool. Now, so I'm just, as I'm doing this, you're actually joining me in the editing bay. And so I am... Uh, <laughs> I'm editing my my post about the uh, the escape from gamer jail right now. You know, and just kind of vibing out. So wherever you happen to find yourself, like this is, remember, do not forget this is an extremely special time ahead of the release of a Miyazaki title. Uh, Miyazaki also special for me because it was the very first podcast that I ever recorded. I was uh, in March of 2015, was about Bloodborne. And if you were to ask me, okay, so Albert, what is it about you know, Miyazaki's world that, um, that kind of create this sense of, I guess, fervor, you would you'd probably say, and it is that absence of information. It is, um, I mean, I, there's something just to that level of mystery that he goes to. He just, he takes, he looks at that sort of Kojima level of mystery, and then he takes one extra step away from that illumination of the fire so that this an extra amount an extra percentage he dials up the set the shadows you know that contrast to the point where there's these just these shadows in in your mind that you're like was that something is that something you know um and and again it, it is honestly to his benefit and i'm so glad that there are people in high places that have said okay you know we are in the age of like constantly literally at all times tell people about things that is 
how to sell things, that is the TikTok era, you need to be constantly producing content at all times. And, beautifully, that's just not the case. Like, and from software, I have you know, managed to carve out this special place of, uh, you know, we actually don't need to tell anyone. Like, we have earned, we have earned this, and that's truly beautiful. That's a truly, truly special thing, you know. So at the moment, if you're wondering, us, okay, so where you, where's he up to? Well, I'm currently trying to, you know, trying to tilt this thing so that it looks fairly decent. And basically, yeah, I was. <laughs> if you've ever seen, I don't know, like whatever, whatever '80s movie. Yeah, actually, now I think I found a good angle. I have found a good angle. Okay, we're good to go. Excellent, folks. So let's duplicate this and go from there. Um, yeah, like it's that typical thing of, um, you know. Take, for example, like Bastion from The Neverending Story. He's like, he's drawing uh, pictures of Atreyu in his school book, you know? And uh, uh, Atreyu and the purple buffalo and stuff like that. And, and, and I had this moment today in my meeting, I, I, which I, I just, folks, like, I remember, like, I'm an artist, and, like, this is kind of my jam and stuff. But even then, I was like, oh, but I don't really do the whole drawing in my in the margins of my book type thing anymore. And my fucking hand started moving on its own, folks. And I started hyping. And I started creating this this piece of art here, which is, you're going to see it on the Instagram. And um, by the time I've finished this little update, uh, I don't think we'll go over the art for this one. But um, I do want to actually use this opportunity to give my absolutely, and now we're all the way up to the, uh, to the lead up. Uh, now, I mean, obviously, we're not in front of the stream. Now, I will be reiterating my predictions and hopes and expectations and stuff during the lead-up stream, which I will be, will be going live on um, youtube.com forward slash Albert Kessa official. Um, and so I'll give, obviously, my thoughts in the lead-up there. I mean, it'll be, it'll be <laughs> interesting being able to even speak any English <laughs> with that because I'll just be in a new realm of hype, really. Um, and I guess you could we could do a little bit of analysis of like, okay, so why? What is this? Again, I, I said the thing about mystery. That's fine. That's established. I don't want to belabor that. Um, COVID is a huge thing, folks. This idea of, you know, having just had our collective, you know, humanity kind of stamina, just like consider ourselves staggered, so to speak, to use from software terms. Like we are just done and tired. And this, it's like almost like the Elden Ring has, has been something to cling to, I guess. Uh, to hold on to in, in hope of. And I certainly can relate to that with, um, I remember with the uh, the Order 1886 getting me through, uh, and Bloodborne itself, getting me through uh, high school. Sorry, not high school. Um, uh, university, you know? And that was huge for me. Like, And, and it's so interesting that, <laughs> yet again, this, uh, this man, <laughs> this, uh, I hope to speak with him, I plan on speaking with him one day, actually. Um, Miyazaki-san, um, with I th I'm sure I am certain that he is aware of of the role that he's now. Whether he's aware of it, sorry, whether he um, planned on it or not or anything, he he's now this person that for us we we love him very much, and he has this. As I put it, this um, I put a post out recently. The the three surreal, the three modern interactive surrealists. So we have Kojima, who is military surrealism. Um, Fumito Ueda, who is a uh, fairy tale surrealism, and then you have Miyazaki, who is um, 
uh, sorry, mythical surrealism. That's that's Ueda, and then you have Miyazaki, who is medieval surrealism. By by and large, like most of his settings take place in that in that sort of area, that region. Um, so, and and like all three of those men, and I think someone said even like, oh, that's my pantheon. I would add Shigeru Miyamoto and Hironobu Sakaguchi to that, you know, um, Zelda and Final Fantasy creators respectively, and that's my like quintupi pantheon, like my five people, right? So, yeah, man, like, can you can you honestly like even try and attempt to deny the hype like that's happening right now? Hello, everyone. I wanted to find a natural point in the episode to segue into the afore-discussed, aforementioned, segment from Bonfireside Chat Rekindled. This is their episode which they recorded um, in about, in the, in, in the window of uh, the Elden Ring trailer releasing. And hearing their thoughts now in 2021, on the verge of what will very likely be either a December, October, November, December-ish release for Elden Ring, if not March 2022, hearing them talk about in very succinct, again, much better than me. I, I waver with my words and I <laughs> almost 300 podcasts in and I still don't have as um, succinct uh, a level of ability to articulate myself as um, gentlemen like Cole Ross and uh, um, Gary Butterfield. But that is the goal and uh, I'm glad to have them as inspirational figures in that respect. And same with Sean, who actually has been on both my show, uh, the Miyazaki Podcast Network, and also on Fireside Chat as uh, a guest. I think he's been on their show a few times. In this segment, there are a couple of things I want to highlight. They had no idea about the upcoming God of War Ragnarok, and yet they they mention it within earshot of the same subject matter. At one point, Gary literally talks about, this isn't like Ragnarok, this isn't like God of War, this is far, far far before that that sequel was announced um there's also a discussion like the I, breath of the wild isn't mentioned uh overtly but gary talks about the idea of one of the things that restricts in his mind the souls games is the idea of the linearity that if you don't feel like t tackling a cer certain boss should he say he mentions that sure there's a couple of spokes that you can go down but for him the premise of elden ring itself excites him very much because the idea is that you'll be able to go with freedom into all these different uh, regions of the world and if you encounter a boss that is too difficult for you uh, you can go elsewhere, train up, and it won't feel as constricted as the the Dark Souls uh, and the Bloodborns and the Sekiros, right? There'll be less of that um, grueling, as I think he calls it, like a meat wall chew on it kind of thing he mentions. So very intriguing there. Um, and I want to say this as, again, not any smoke blowing, but as a direct credit to them, their quick 35-ish minute breakdown of their thoughts, expectations, ideas for Elden Ring to this day, and this that was recorded about 700 or so days ago, is the perfect primer leading into what will be revealed tomorrow at Summer Game Fest. So, without further ado, enjoy. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. 
My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a shattered favorite. And this week is a special appendix episode uh, about Elden Ring. Uh, as you're hearing this, it's been a week or so, but as we're recording, uh, we're kind of hot on the heels of the announcement of a new um, of a new uh, FromSoft game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the rumors had been flying. Yep. Um, however, it has been confirmed there is a trailer. Um, there's very little other than the trailer, and there's, it's, it's a there's pretty a, brief trailer. Tra- a trailer and a an extremely brief interview that gives just the barest details about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So some some useful information on that. Um, yeah. We have never like as a podcast we've never um, done the like trailer analysis where it's like in this frame you can see this and. You know, and and this means, you know, because this guy is using his left hand in this frame, that means that he might be the guy who's in the armor in this frame. Yeah. Later, I think I, what we want to do, though, is just kind of do impressions and kind of hopes for what this is based on what we know now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for that, because uh, we know everyone, you know, people listening are definitely into uh, Elden Ring mm-hmm. are interested in it. And I'm personally really interested in it. Yeah. And uh, and pretty excited. And uh, definitely have some 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 hopes and fears and uh, and things to uh, to discuss about it. So we want to do kind of a quick episode talking about that. Yeah. Um, um, so I mean, I think we need to hit the biggest thing yeah, what, first, which is mm-hmm. they're going back to Western fantasy. Yeah. 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 Uh, inspired by by Norse mythology, but it's, if you look at the trailer, it does not. It's not like God of War. Right. Right. Like I don't. I think that it is a, probably going to be a pretty loose inspiration yeah yeah. if i had to guess like it kind of processed you know through you know it's it's a different kind of western pan- fantasy process through the from soft lens yes um which uh which i really like yeah and and i cannot you know i always like it, it, pure vulnerability here like my agnosticism to the aesthetics of Sekiro. i know that is not based in racism mm-hmm. i always feel a little iffy about it because no. it's just like I know it's, there's no hatred in it. I just don't think it's very cool. Like it doesn't doesn't fire my imagination the same way stuff I grew up on was, no. and that could be literally a failing of mine. Like oh, like expand your mind or what have you. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that I do like about Sekiro's thing, but I just I literally felt a sense of relief to get back to knights and swords and shit because that is what I like in all media. Yeah, like, it has nothing to do with from. It's just kind of like my my D roots and my my roots as like a pop culture consumer yeah are very heavily uh rooted in this yeah um, i'm so happy they're going back to western fantasy shit yes i'm i'm excited about that too because i know they can do it very very well it's um, the thing that they're best at like, yeah they're incredible at it yeah and for like, they're me, best in the business at it like <laughs> Uh, for 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 me, uh, you know, I want to hit something that you glossed over just just a little bit harder. Um, I really enjoy um, kind of a Japanese interpretation or perspective of Western tropes or Western um, kind of uh, just just general stylized things. So like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, like those are goofy as fuck in a lot of ways, but those are Japanese teams looking at American horror, stereotypically yes. American horror. Uh, you know, both George Romero and then you know Stephen King style stuff in the in the uh, and, and you know Clyde Barker style things. You know, in the case of Silent Hill, and saying, "All right, well, let's just kind of like we love this stuff. We can apply our aesthetic to this." You know, Dark Souls to me is that, but for you know, Northern European D and D first edition style stuff, like explicitly, yeah. right. You know, yep. 
Miyazaki that synthesis is yeah exactly yeah. like you know that that's text right yes. like the whole Miyazaki playing fighting fantasy books yeah and uh you know kind of not remembering all of you know, not understanding having yeah. an imperfect understanding of English mm-hmm. that is one of my favorite like in in terms of the like legend the weird mythology Miyazaki stories yes that one's my favorite uh-huh. more than the everyone pushing a car up a hill one right uh, especially right. since he decided Sekiro that, that guy who's on the hill, he'll just die there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so that's the uh, yeah. There's no nobody's gonna help that guy up the hill. Right, right. It's just yeah. I hope he dies. <laughs> the um the uh, yeah. But like that idea of a, that kind of like fractured lens of that is that synthesis is amazing. Yeah, like it, it just it makes my fa- it makes it it's better than like a pure Western fantasy thing. Right, right. Like like, the, like a pure Western fantasy thing the, the kind key. of bores me a little bit. I, I I can follow you there. Yeah, but I I you know I like I still like that shit quite a bit. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. The weirdness that comes with the the Miyazaki lens mm-hmm. uh, through this uh, does a lot, yeah, for me in terms of making both greater than the sum of their parts, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so. And really excited to get back to that and everything that it means in terms of like what type of game, yeah, that it is. So like being a a Western, like you could do a a different skin on the gameplay skeleton of Sekiro mm-hmm. where it is still just, it's not an RPG. Yeah. Um, but the like Western fantasy kind of stuff, um, does lend itself to RPG as a jo- genre. No. And all, you know, the, my favorite part of the, the interview thing is just like, yeah, this is actually the widest approach yes. to all of that stuff. Like this is as big as, as it, this is bigger than it's ever been. Like mm-hmm. this is going to be as RPG or more RPG than anything they've done. Yeah, and and that again has bolstered me because when I see him talking about about you know armor and weapons and spells and stuff, you know that implies build variety yes. and things like that. And you know when we talk about this being an RPG, you know you have a concept of kind of more entrenched or more pronounced avatar strength, um, mm-hmm. and that is a loop and a progression that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. You know, again, all of this, you know, the, the people are going to hear like a parenthetical and Sekiro does it bad. I like Sekiro quite a bit, you know, even right. the aesthetic and stuff like that. All that's good. I'm just I, like, I, I'm excited for more of this. And I'm especially excited that uh, it is going to be a break from the Dark Souls world. You know, mm-hmm. for me, like I, I I do think that this is something that like I like Sekiro quite a bit as well. I think one Sekiro is enough for me. Yes. I want to go back to playing an RPG because that's mm-hmm. what I like from these dudes. Yes. Um, like, you know, extremely. And it's also, I mean, we talked about this, we talked about it all season, but there's a knock on effect to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like in that interview, he also talks about like, you know, this is also going to have demanding boss fights His theme. He talks about, it's like humanity's will to overcome yeah. is the, the theme of the game. So it's like, th- this is likely going to continue the the ultra hard boss thing but mm-hmm. keep in mind that like that like super ultra hard bosses to me are only problematic to the degree that they restrict your approach to them right and that's ultimately something that uh is a genre thing in Sekiro that this is going to be missing so like mm-hmm. yes like maybe this is going to have it's you know demons of hatred or whatever yeah but i'm gonna have a build mm-hmm. i'm gonna be able to try to find weapons that this thing is weak against i'm going yeah. to be able to um, okay, well, this, you know, maybe I need to fight this guy from range. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I need to, uh, and that's not, you know, they haven't talked about any kind of multiplayer that might be part of it. But even if it's not, like, if there's not literally, like, a, you know, people pushing that hill up, a, you know, pushing that car up a hill, 
moment. Mm-hmm. Um, then at the very least, there will be different avenues of approach. Yeah. Um, you know, and an open world plays into that in a way they haven't really done yet. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, but that means like, you know, as opposed to bouncing between a couple bosses that I'm stuck between, maybe there are 10 different spokes I can go down. Mm -hmm. And if I run up against a demon of hatred and I'm like, this, this guy fucking sucks. Um, I can just go somewhere else. Like, it's just going to address that, like address some of the kind of problematization that comes with just like, here's your meat wall, fucking chew on it. Yeah. That, you know, with lots of options other than just chew it on it. Mm -hmm. And that's like really exciting to me. Like a lot of people are like, uh, open world. And I think they're imagining Ubisoft. No, like, like the, the genre is not bad. Ubisoft is bad, people. <laughs> right. Like, the developer is bad. Additionally, like they've done open-ish world style stuff before. Dark Souls has a non-linear approach to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? And it was it was advertised as such too. Who yeah. who knows what that actually means? We're just kind of reading our our hopes into this. Yeah, yeah. You know, or fears. You know, yeah. as, as people might be. And they've they've said specifically like, there's still going to be like these multi-layered castles and individual kind of dungeons to explore yeah so the only thing that i like i have no worries about the open world and tons of hope that it's just going to mean a lot of different spokes to explore Mm -hmm. a lot of places to go if you run into a wall yeah you know and uh just a lot of different like hey i've gone down into this like uh you know uh more and oh here's a pile of uh corpses and there's something really obviously wrong with them yeah cool like what happened here <laughs> yeah and getting that uh on a greater volume mm-hmm. uh th- than we've gotten for you know obviously like in Sekiro, but maybe even more than in the souls games right. you know is really exciting to me yeah just to, to lift this heavy blanket remove the sense of for me remove the sense of uh claustrophobic progression yes yeah you know because it's that kind of dark souls you know we talk about when we talk about FromSoft making open worlds and we say Dark Souls like it is really kind of Dark Souls 1 and 2 mm-hmm. that do that right um, and Demon Souls you can go in either order but there's you know five spokes at maximum in Demon Souls Dark Souls 1 and 2 have that non-linearity 3 doesn't mm-hmm. like 3 is largely a path with a couple tiny spokes yeah. uh, Bloodborne kind of doesn't mm-hmm. you know there are a couple little spokes like Sekiro doesn't like mm-hmm. it has a wider middle but they all all roads kind of lead back right yeah. like there's a a couple different spokes you can go down in the middle, but it's still less than Demon Souls. Like mm-hmm. it's still less than five. As right. far as spokes you can go down, give me that freedom. It just it it knocks on a lot of different effects. Yes. It changes a lot of things about your game in a way that uh, I am uniquely positioned to trust this company to do, mm-hmm. and uniquely positioned to feel like this works really well with what this company does. Yeah. Um. So so thrilled about heavy RPG elements. Tons of spells, weapons, armors, and shit like that. I just like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I like finding new weapons. Uh, and then super thrilled about it being an open world and knowing that it's not going to be fucking Far Cry Blood Dragon. Like, yeah. it's not going to be an open world in the way that people think of open world games. Yeah. You know? Um, really, really cool. Yeah. Very excited. Yep. Um, so I'm happy that we've waited a little while to start with, to, to, to talk about this. Uh, because mm-hmm. it is in the headline of pretty much every story about this. I don't have a feeling about George R. R. Martin's uh, involvement in this. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I literally just, I, I, I don't care. 
Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I imagine it could be cool. Um, but for you, as somebody who has read those books and has watched that show, like, what does that what does that say to you about well, about where this is going to go? It's worth noting that, like, you know, he's his name is on the biggest TV show like ever. Yes. So they're going to tout it regardless of whether it is, you know, what he did. Right. You know, um, it is a collaboration like they did work together, mm-hmm. but we don't know what like this. This game has been in development for for more than two years. Since actually, the, since like the end of the Ring City. Ring City. Yeah. Yeah. So like this has been development for a very long time. Um, so we don't know if it's like they got together initially mm-hmm. and then uh, from kind of ran with it, um, et cetera. The kind of the more involvement that he has with that, if it is, again, that synthesis, like in a way that mir- it mirrors that synthesis, right? Mm-hmm. Like this suggests a active version of that fighting fantasy. Yes. Thing. Um, except for instead of Steve Jackson's fighting fantasy, which I like, it's somebody who is a significantly better writer. Right. Um, like this is, they actually have a lot of similar sensibilities. I'm not the first person to point this out, but like when you read, you know, if you read game of Thrones, there is the main plot that deals with your principal characters, but there are hundreds of throwaway details about parts of the world that we never see hmm. that are incredibly evocative and cool. Yeah. Like somebody will come from a land and we won't, we'll meet them, but we will never go to that land. But you find out, that it's like this one group of people in the world who have never gone to war. And the reason why is because uh, there's a butterfly that lives there that uh, carries a disease that only they're immune to. So whenever an invading army comes, like, you know, a bunch of butterflies start landing on them and they just start dropping dead. Holy shit. And I'm like, that's Miyazaki as hell. That's cool. Like (laughs) I can see that in a soul's cutscene. Like that's awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, And also no one suspects the butterfly. No, never. (laughs) Um, The uh, so like those little details are all over Game of Thrones. Like if you go on YouTube, there's all these like uh, YouTube videos where it's like the stuff that will never make the show. Yeah. And it's full of weird, mostly horror uh, tinged details Mm. um, from those those books that are just little throwaway aside things that are someone drops in conversation or becomes part of a larger story in the same way that entire nations were formed in dark souls one. Right. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, Katarina, Mm -hmm. like we know a certain thing, number of things about Katarina because of just these little detail drops. Mm -hmm. Um, both creators are incredible at that. Yeah. And I can only hope that together, like they just come up with some real wicked shit because they are both really good at spooky ass, details like yeah. the ring the stone rings and in, in uh in dark souls that are made from orphans or whatever yeah like that's a, that's a game of thrones ass idea absolutely you know? and the fact that this is you know purported to be a very wide world very open world by volume implies that there is room for there to be a density of kind of incident like that like land yeah, yeah like different yeah. different things off screen to explore through words without yeah. ever actually seeing yeah so, um, which well, also like, again, just something that, uh, like I frankly miss not a Sekiro thing. I miss that from dark souls three, even yeah. where everything reached back into the past rather than off screen, Yeah, you know? And then, uh, there's some of that in bloodborne, but not very much. Like it's mm-hmm. been a while since there was the idea of, you know, a kingdom that we're, we're not seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I like it. It's been a little bit, yeah. So, so when I say like I just don't care, it's just because I miss those books and I've only seen the first the 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 first uh, season of that television show. 
when we covered mm-hmm. it or try this, I, I liked it, but you know, again, just fell, fell yeah. off, fell off Gee. of it. Yeah. But just, you know, just it's, it's hard, you know, when you're looking at stories and seeing people's reactions, generally, it, you know, George R. R. Martin comes up and people will say, Oh, that show I used to like was never good. And also finish the books, please. You, 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 you yeah. dumb idiot. Like it just, he, uh. like he has been, I think, um, it just, it just can't be brought up without with, with, without me and the boys coming out and uh, without know, some d- 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 Duncan, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's become very popular to dunk on that dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a way that's like you know the, the show getting bad was not based on his stuff mm-hmm. generally, and then like the the thing like one of the things I keep seeing, and some people do it as a joke and it's fine, but some people have been serious where it's like I can't believe he did this instead of finishing the books, and I'm like, yeah. you don't realize though, like if you work on multiple things, it's not like you have a machine and you put time in one end yeah, and then just kind of like a steady stream of whatever you want comes out the other end. Right. Right. Like, you know, like, <laughs> have you made he, anything? Maybe wasn't, yeah. Have you made anything? Maybe he wasn't inspired to write. Yeah. Like at that, you know, which is like, I don't think he knows how to end the books like personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's, he's kind of spiraled out of control, but regardless of which, like it wasn't like he sat down one day and said, Hmm, I'm going to either work with FromSoft or finish this book. Yeah. And then made the choice to work with FromSoft instead. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're pretty unrelated. Yeah. Um, and this has been development for two years. Who even knows when, you know, when he did that. Right, right. You know, so it's like, it's it's a pretty dumb criticism and does not, I don't think, reflect on the, the quality of this, which I would not be surprised if this is has a little bit less of, like, input from him yeah, yeah. than we really think. I think that I can imagine him and Miyazaki dreaming up the world and concepts mm-hmm. uh, and then just from running with it and doing the actual writing. I'm good with that. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, which I'm super good with. Yeah, you know, um, I uh, you know love that. Um, let's talk about just real briefly, like we're, we don't do like trailer analysis stuff, yeah, right? But let's like real briefly talk about some of the imagery that's in the trailer. Just mo- um, more kind of like more fake see. arms. <laughs> yeah, he's somebody's on an arm kit. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and has been since they read Berserk. <laughs> there's been, yeah, there's been. Well, it, we didn't get tons of fake arms and any of the games and you know up until Sekiro, <laughs> right. right like yeah that's a that's a fake arm game but uh-huh. there was no fake arm people up until that point now it's fake arms it's one in Sekiro, yeah uh and then two in this trailer <laughs> and then the next game will have four and then right. eight until eventually like it's just a thousand arms too yeah colon a thousand arms <laughs> a thousand and two arms <laughs> yeah, a thousand, and two, a thousand and one arm yeah so, um yeah. speaking of too many arms the opening imagery of this with the wreath of arms uh, kind yeah. of uh, pulling out, uh, re- yep. re- re- reaching in. Um, I love that. That is obviously, so incredibly good. <laughs> yeah, my, my my mind goes to Labyrinth. Obviously, the Helping yeah. Hands. Uh-huh. That tunnel of, of arms that she falls down is what that makes me think of. Uh-huh. Um, but that's yeah, that looks great. They're weird arms. They've got multiple <laughs> elbows. I like yeah. whenever there's you know extra elbows. <laughs> Cole, would you give up the elbow in your left arm to have two elbows in your right? No. Okay, just checking. <laughs> That'd be so awkward. <laughs> I, yeah, but you could reach like, a, like imagine. Think of the back scratches you can give yourself. You know, I, uh, maybe. No, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine the way God made me. It's it's okay. fine. Yeah. <laughs> what, if, what? How about three? Um. Okay. Well, now we're talking. Like a one, one for two deal. <laughs> you know. You found and, the line. Yeah. Or or like you know twenty. Yes. Like you had a cool like you know because it, it could look just like a normal if my, you just just flex the middle one it would look like an arm my arm was like Ivy's sword from Soul Caliber <laughs> except it would mostly look like an arm except it turned into Ivy's sword whenever yeah. you needed it to yeah okay I'm down you with know? that yeah yeah I think it'd be cool I think I would trade one one joint for that <laughs> you know I don't know if it'd necessarily be my left elbow it might be something different but mm-hmm. 
Um, so that looks really cool. Um, there is a blacksmith. Uh, there are these kind of like God looking figures that are cracking and turning to stone as this ring gets shattered. Mm -hmm. Um, so that to me says, uh, as opposed to, uh, I think that to me suggests a dark souls esque we're here after the thing happened. Yeah. Well, specifically the narration talks about the Elden ring, you know, which bounds our world as broken, you know, like, you know, I'm imagining like we see, we see bits of it in the sky. Like I'm imagining this is like a ringed planet, like, uh, like Saturn or something. Sure. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Or, I mean, it just could be a magic thing, Yeah, but regardless of which, like the point being, I don't think it's going to be. We're here during the incident. Right, right. Like, which is, is kind of what Sekiro does, which is not a, a a stab at Sekiro. Like, I think it's cool that we're here during the incident mm-hmm. in Sekiro. Yeah. But I think this will be, and I think for that kind of, like, tons of armor and describing far-off lands kind of uh, appeal, mm-hmm. being there after the apocalypse. Yeah. You know, another in the line of post-apocalyptic games. Hello, comfort uh, zone. <laughs> yeah, just comfort zone and just they do really good stuff with it. Yep. It's one of those things that people rail against because a lot of people do it, but it's like, you know, not everything is fucking rage like in mm-hmm. borderlands like sometimes people do it really well yeah um the uh so that to me like describes we're after that incident yep like we've got a pantheon of some sort going on is what it feels like to me like that blacksmith who's crumbling apart mm-hmm. uh and having this kind of pantheon of dead gods who hopefully will be able to fight and uh talk to you mm-hmm. um you know eventually good to me yeah uh, there is this other there's a, a warrior character who puts on an arm as well mm-hmm. um so the 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 fake arm uh, game in this is strong. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to mean literal modular arms, mm-hmm. like a surge thing. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hope not. Yeah, like a degree of fiddly that I just want different shields. I don't want different arms. Right, right. Um, personally, but like, you know, that's the kind of the other character. We don't get tons of stuff. Right. In this. Yeah, right. it, I mean, we're, we're it's kind of grasp, grasping at straws, you know. For me, when I look at this and I see these warriors, you know, I see the I see the uh, big guy, you know, catching fire under the red sky, stuff like that. You know, the idea that this is informed by Norse mythology for me, what I hope that means is that they are going to, going back to or going toward the Dark Souls idea of these gods walk among us and are mortal and flawed, and they have relationships and feuds with each other. Um, that is, that, that, that is what I hope uh, this is, this is inspired by Norse mythology means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and I have no, uh, you know, any, almost any of these kind of mythologies, mm-hmm. uh, that these are based on, I tend not to know a whole lot about them. Right. So if they're just kind of picking and, and choosing like the best details and stories and kind of vague parallels, mm-hmm. it's almost like any of them. Yeah. You know, are 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 good. Like I, I prefer the Western fantasy aesthetic, but in terms of like the mythology and the actual stories, like great, cool. Yeah. Norse time. I don't have any particular attachment to Norseness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I don't care. No, uh, no. God of War was cool. That was fun. I liked that game. Um no, you but just, it wasn't you, 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 you know. just you just worship Joseph Campbell. It's fine. You can say that. I do I do. I worship Joseph Campbell. No. Um soup magnate. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the the hero soup. Um yeah. The uh, but yeah, I just having something like that to pull from. Like the the issue is, it just needs to be very rich. Mm-hmm. You know, like if there's just a lot of stuff yeah. that they can they can pull from, um, that's that's what that's the desired mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and this feels like it will definitely have that because that is a very well developed mythology. Yes, um, I'm really glad that everything according to the trailer seems to be that they are not. Um, you know, this is not Elden Ring Ragnarok. 
or whatever. Like, I feel like this is not going to be going around fighting. It's not going to be God of War. Like, you're not right, going to be fighting right. Valkyries and, and like, racing Hermes and, and stuff like that. I think that it's going to have, you know, you might have, so there's some kind of weird skeleton creature with wings and then like in the game art it's called a valkyrie but has mm-hmm. nothing to do with yeah, the actual yeah. mythology except for some item description that you find that you know vaguely alludes to it yes yeah. vaguely alludes to valkyrism yes yeah or valkyr mm. tying this into max Payne. yes <laughs> as a big surprise oh wait all all of all of this is a hallucination yeah uh, I'll, I'll, uh, i was in a from soft game it was, the, it was worst. the worst thing i could ever think of the um yeah yeah yep, yep, yep. Yeah, i'm excited um, i want i just i want i want more particulars i want gameplay footage i want a release date <laughs> i uh i'm not gonna look at gameplay footage i've, I've decided i'm doing oh, yeah. my blackout early on this one cool uh because i like the blackout yeah um, and I just, it's, it's enough things that they've said about it where it's like, boy, like, you know, this is just in the pocket for me. Yeah. Like big, oh, it's been a minute since I played like an open world game. Mm-hmm. Even if this is a little bit more of a traditional open world. Like I had the thought the other day where I was like, I could play an elder scrolls game mm-hmm. and that doesn't come up very often. Right. Right. You know, where I'm like in the mood for something like that. But I did have that thought, like, you know, install a bunch of mods for oblivion and not play it. Right. right. You know, um, but the uh, I, I am in the mood to explore a very vast land with castles in the distance, <laughs> uh, and I can check them and barely fight some enemies outside, and then get to the boss and not be able to beat it. Yeah, that's what I want. I, w- I, I guess as far as details that are coming out, that I'm, I'm interested in it is how they handle death. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I there aren't very many from games where they don't do something interesting with that. Yeah, I imagine that will play into the game in some kind of mechanical way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would honestly. In terms of like hopes, I kind it'd be kind of neat if they didn't because it ties into their theming. Mm-hmm. Like as we get further into the Sekiro season, and I gain a better understanding of the story, like I'm realizing how much this is in the pocket for From. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's time to give up the idea of an immortality as just like the defining theme. Yeah, the 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 uh, the monolithic pursuit. Yeah, the monolithic pursuit. The monolithic like. You know, things like the dying of an age and passing on to another one is being mm-hmm. the thing you make games about. Yeah. You know, maybe it'd be cool to like not do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's when people talk about how glad they were to get away from Western fantasy. I would like to get away from some of these self same themes. Yeah. You know, happy to be in the same setting because I'm not going to stop liking swords and armor and shit and spells, but maybe it's time to do do some different thematic work. Yeah. No. I think so. Um, um, I, I I personally don't have my hopes up very high about that, just based, yeah. based on the details that I've seen so far. The, the I see, you know, even in the trailer, there are things that you could that that I can see mapping uh, pretty closely onto analogs um, from you know earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yep. I would I would like to see them get a, get get out of that particular thematic rut. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, not that there couldn't be anything else that they would they would know, you know, maybe yeah. they they would they would do something different with it and uh, and say new things about it. But I, you know, it'd be cool. Like, what if this just had like you just reload, you know, reloaded a checkpoint? No. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but like how revolutionary would that be? <laughs> Guess what, guys? Yeah. yeah. Well, you die, you new, just like, you know, come new, back. At, new plan. It's the old plan. Yeah, you come back at a recent point, and we just there's no in, there's no diegetic really you know, explanation for it. It just happens. Yes, you know we're gonna we're gonna concentrate on other parts of the story. Mm-hmm. 
here you go. Yeah. You're a video game protagonist. You come back. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things uh, this doesn't really fit anywhere, and it, it sounds like I'm being mean to Sekiro in this. I'm not trying to. I'm just excited about the new game. But one thing I was we were talking about it uh, in the Slack, talking about Sekiro, and like, man, one of the things about their immortality as being a big part of that game is every single character in the game serve, comes back to life after being stabbed in the heart. Yep. <laughs> like, how does like does that? not make it kind of not so special when I can do it. Yeah. You know, like it, it is the defining plot of the game, but everybody gets stabbed in the heart. Yes. Everybody comes back. Yeah, and they were just like daunted. a little annoying, yeah. a little annoyed rather that they mm-hmm. got stabbed in the heart, but like everyone's fucking immortal in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's supposed to be about the pursuit of immortality and what that does to people. Like, I don't know. There should be some fragility, mm-hmm. you know, when you don't have that and it just doesn't do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. anywho, anyway, um, I don't like the name. Elden Ring. Yeah, it's kind of Teflon-y to me. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, I feel like that has been how I felt about most from names, actually. Mm. Not Teflon-y, but like, I don't know that I love them as names. Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, I still think Demon Souls is very awkward. Yes. Um, Dark Souls is fine. You yeah. know, like, uh, that's a fine name. It means, and it's too associated with all of the baggage of the game now for me to think of it in the vacuum as a name. Right, right. You know, but it, it, it doesn't, uh, I don't think on its own, it's like a banger of a name. Yeah. You know, and same uh, thing with Bloodborne and Sekiro and, like, any of those things. Like, it doesn't, I don't think they've ever been, like, perfect in names. Right. Shadow Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, it's a tower. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> no, spooky, I, I get it. It's, it's a tower. Yeah. You know. Sp- spooky um, Tower. <laughs> I would play that game. So ghost tower. Yeah. 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 Um, From I'm, software spooky tower. I'm real happy that so far, none of the official materials have been, this game is going to stomp on your dick until it's not there anymore. None of the materials have been like, he definitely nods to that in interviews. Yeah. yeah. And like when Sekiro was coming out and people were like, you know, he said it was really challenging. Everyone's like, no, don't worry. It's just marketing. And it's, like, no. <laughs> it's, I mean, at the very least, like say, you know, have the opinion that you have about the, the challenge in these games. Like, mm-hmm. It is not just marketing, though, at this point. Like, you have to, you know, this is, we are far past the believe people when they say what they are phase of this. Mm-hmm. And this is something that it just, on on its face, uh, is, is of a value. Yeah. You know, uh, to, to, to this developer. So I, I don't think that uh, this is going to be an averagely difficult game. I think that might be fine because, again, you can, there's builds and approaches and right, lots right. of walls to throw yourself against. So it might end up actually being feeling you know, kind of less egregious, you know, mm-hmm. less my way or the highway, but I don't, I bet you it is going to be stomping the balls hard. Yeah. Um, be very surprised. I was initially very uh, concerned that it was going to be Xbox one exclusive, uh, given, yeah, yeah. given when it was, um, given where it was announced, but uh, yeah. apparently it's going to be on Xbox one, windows PC and PS4. I would not be surprised if we end up with this scholar of the first sin situation, given that we are right now straddling a generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like if, if this, if this came out on, uh, Xbox one or whatever, like we get Xbox ones, I guess. Yeah. yeah I have no desire to own one, which is the, it's not that we can't, you know, the Patreon's doing well. Like we, yeah, can, we afford can afford it. it. It's just, just, what would I do with it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know, just, every, like, everything I want to play on this game, I can play elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, it would, it would, it would be just like the Elden Ring machine. Yeah. And unless I, hopefully I didn't get the Elden Ring of death mm. on my Xbox. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, it would just be the Elden Ring machine if that were the case. Yeah. So I'm glad that I'm also really glad that that's not the case mm-hmm. for it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, there's you know, there's not very much. We're not going to do tons of these or no. anything. Like we are not the trailer analysis people. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wanted to give our impressions. I think that you know because it's been in development for so long. I think this might come out like next year. Like we might be like, you know, nine months away from this. Maybe I would not be surprised. Yeah. So this end up might end up being a faster follow on on Sekiro than than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's been in development for much longer than I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, initially, so like. That's great. Yeah. You know, like for that, like we have um, a couple of people have, you know, when this came out, we're just like, oh, you know, there's another season of Bonfire Side Chat confirmed. Like this is a clarification. Um, like the show's not going anywhere. Right. Right. We got stuff we want to do uh, with this show that are not, you know, they're either old from games or not from games. Yeah. We have no plans to retire this after we run out of road. Right. Right. With these games. That said, like I would like a big open world game like that, that has all these kind of areas. Mm hmm. That is bigger. Like, put that in my fucking veins for bonfire side chat. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll sidle up to that buffet, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that would be fun as hell, mm-hmm. and I would be uh, that. You know, if that's what the game is, and if it's coming out, then it might end up being a thing where, like, you know, I I fucking poop socket during the weekend. Yeah. To, to get past spoilers, and then it gets a little classic. You know, <laughs> classic as far as area goes, and, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. As far as uh, the show mm-hmm. goes, so I think that'll be a really fun season. Mm-hmm. Regardless, when it comes out, it might be faster. But even if it's not, even if it comes out like late next year, mm-hmm. um, uh, we've got stuff in between. Yeah. Like after this, we've been thinking about what we're going to do, um, and there, we, we've we've uh, we've narrowed it down to some things, and we have lots of options. So. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got a we've got a whole sheet of stuff. There's plenty, plenty to uh, plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're not going anywhere, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's about it. So just yeah, like a, a little impressions off week episode. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Um, you know, thank you for being here. Thanks for patronizing us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we will be back next week with what are we doing after uh, we're recording this before we record the Senpao episode. What are we doing after Senpao? Um, I Which think we're, the... we're doing um, the Sunken Valley. Yeah. Sunken Valley, baby. Yeah. Um, so join us next week for the Sunken Valley. Yeah. yeah. Umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more. Soon. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that amazing, incredibly inspiring, and wholesome and terrific chat. Uh, you know, when Gary mentions Labyrinth, I just lost it. I was, you know, I'm parked here. It's very. I'll never forget me right now recording this. It's like part of the actual memory. Like I said, everything connected to it, the 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 Miyazaki experience becomes a part of it. Like from my very first podcast that I recorded in Davy Lodge in 2014 or something, when I had first seen the trailer for um, Bloodborne, I remember sitting in front of my iMac, holding my phone, my iPhone, like I'm doing now. Uh, and that, you know, Miyazaki and his team, that I had maybe like one or two, th- 10 subscribers. Now we're at the 40,000 subscriber count. And, and it all began with um, having listened to a bunch of yeah, Rebel Force Radio, some of the kind of funny stuff. And then that Kevin Smith thing about like, just go it, throw yourself at it, see how you go. But the thing that really pushed me was, was Bloodborne because it was, again, look all the way back to episode one of the main show. That was Bloodborne talking about that. And so Miyazaki will always have just this extremely special place in my heart. But so many wonderful tidbits from what um, they discussed 
um, uh, so one thing that they talked about was um, uh, the release date and the gameplay, which we are literally on the verge of, folks, tomorrow. Um, something of a possible scenario may be that uh, a teaser is shown with a bit of gameplay and then at the very end it's like, tune in for the Bandai sh- Namco Bandai Namco showcase um, for more. And I think that feels more and more like that's going to be the case. So there's going to be some uh, announcement. I think if if Jeff, you know, um, Jeff Keeley, uh, Jeffy Grub Grub is saying that he has it. And if he, if he says he has it, maybe he means the whole thing and there's going to be that entire gameplay and it's all going to be contained to Summer Games Fest. But I think Bandai will, will benefit from having, you know, as E3 is going along, that idea of the, the conversation being this unending din, frankly, of, of people looking forward to the Bandai Namco showcase. Um, so that's what I anticipate. But there's my last little thoughts there. Um, but what what I will do is I'll return you to Albert from yesterday uh, as he spoke <laughs> very excitedly about the, the Ring of Candles. And um, we will go on from there and then I will see you at the end of the episode. Cut to you, Albert, from yesterday. Like wherever you find yourself, I want you to like take stock right now of, of how special this moment is. Um, Let's throw out some completely out there predictions. So for me, he messes with silhouettes so much. There's going to be something with like something walking on its hands instead of on its hind legs or whatever. There's definitely going to be, um, not definitely, obviously I'm, I'm just spitballing because you know, like as if being me, someone who started this, like, by the way, I just want to mention like Miyazaki, like fully punted me, kickstarted me into media making. Like I started, that channel, you know, it was initially Tweety Gamer and then it became Albert Kessa, Albert Kessa Official, sorry, Studio, IAV, da, 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 and now it's just Albert Kessa Official, right? I, that whole thing started when I just could not contain myself anymore. I had to sort of, I had to listen to a few podcasts like Rebel Force Radio and stuff, and I was like, it is time. Like, it is actually time to, to begin this journey. And those first few, it's so interesting, f- coming full circle, I recorded those straight onto my phone as an mp3 and then i chucked that into imovie and stuff but now i'm going straight into anchor this will then um go up to anchor temporarily without any kind of audio effects i'll bring it into the editor i'll add some effects and there you have it you know so again another thing i encourage people is like please use this wave like just like i use the wave of bloodborne to punt myself now it's like forty thousand subscribers on the main channel i've in earnest begun the podcast network which is connecting me with like yeah i spoke with daniel basuti who played freya and uh and who's like a friend now and like and tommy l jenkins from uh, on the kojima podcast and daniel roebuck who was like co-star with like harrison ford and the fugitive and he's in fallen order so i've spoken with people with these people and it is you know i had to this had to be mentioned and this is going to go straight out to miyazaki podcast as well um and to the elderman podcast because is that I just like that to disseminate as, as any way people can any way that people can reach the content. I, I, I like that. Plus, I love admin. I need I needed that to be said, uh, and on the eve of such a, an amazing event of his, I believe it will be his sixth title if we can. Let's go. So we go: Demon Souls number one, Dark Souls number two, um, Bloodborne number three, Sekiro number four. Elden Ring number five, yes, uh, but obviously, and that would technically be number six if you count Derasene, um, which is that VR title. 
And so you can either consider it five or six. It had to be said, and I really hope that this reaches at least one person. If it reach, even if if it le if it reaches at least one person, for for you to like really hear <laughs> where I'm coming from when I say this, and just like, hey, buddy, oi, do it. Stop. <laughs> you know, stop wondering. Um, like, just please do it. Like, you you owe it to yourself. If you have that in you, that voice, that dream. Uh, or even just that interest. Oh, you don't even have to get as epic as like, oh, a dream or whatever. You know? Like, if it's just something you're interested in, like, uh, the anger. I mean, it's actually so much easier than when I started out. And like, anyone will tell you that. Uh, any of the um, any like, if if uh, if I had Redgrave on right now, if I had, and down the line we will have Redgrave and stuff, and we'll speak to these people and Richard Pilbeam and stuff. Is Folks, like it's so much easier now with compared to back when we all started. Uh, Anchor for one, and how streamlined YouTube is and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, please, please do it. So now I'm posting it. So you've joined me for the entire journey of editing this thing. Um, the excitement is, is is just is just beyond. So I've given you a few character, uh, sorry, creature designs um, for environments. I want to see upside down water. Let's just put it that way. I want to see something where there's an allusion to the, the laws of the world, uh, the shattering of the Elden Ring. Um, someone or something, if you want to put it that way, is like something's, uh, it's messing with things, you know? Like that's, yeah, boy. Like I, I want you to understand, like, I want the, tra the trailer to impart rather, like, yes, it is things, you know, a little, a teensy bit similar to, to I guess you could say, um, Death Stranding, which is this, I would say, um, could you, I reckon, I reckon we could kind of put it this way, it's like Death Stranding is almost, it's Miyazaki-yan in, in some aspects with certain parts of its, um, uh, certain parts of its, I suppose, set up with that, you know, I think it, I mean, what was interesting is when I, when I was first, you know, immersing myself into um, Death Stranding, it's like, oh, DS, Dark Souls, you know, and I was like, oh, interesting. So then I went further and further into that, and yeah, man, like, come on, like, I, I, I could definitely see this thing of co-inspiration. It's like, oh, so Miyazaki was inspired by Dark Souls a little bit, or Bloodborne rather, with this idea of the summoning signs and the leaving of the likes, leaving of things behind, like the notes. I think there's some shared DNA there. But how beautiful would it be if Elden Ring has this? Okay, well then you've bounced that badminton. Uh, you know, shuffle back to me or whatever, or tennis ball or whatever. And now I'm the one to get inspiration from Death Stranding, which is, oh yeah, the laws of the world are just all over the place. And that will definitely introduce not just verticality, but an interesting uh, switch up from just that gravi uh, gravity based, you know, fairly planar kind of traversal and sort of simple, nothing too crazy with traversal with the, the Dark Souls trilogy or, or Bloodborne Sekiro for that matter. Sekiro obviously taking it into the vertical realm. Um, and yeah, you know, like, start thinking in that realm, folks. I think there's going to be, you know, we already saw some medieval, really leaning into the medieval surrealism in both the officially released trailer and the, the teaser trailer. You know what I mean? Um, so start thinking of that. I really want you to just go as crazy as you like. This is something very special that you'll actually see it in my post history, folks. It's like, ah, you know, people saying like, oh, temper yourself, temper yourself. It's like, no, <laughs> I am not tempering myself because this is the age of hype. This is the time to hype, friends. You know what I mean? 
and that's very, very, it's a very special time indeed. So adding the final little tweaks, and then I gotta get back to the office, believe it or not, right, until everything kind of starts running itself with Twitch streams and stuff. Shout out to that one person who's like, Albert, I wanna see you um, stream Twitch. It's like, thank you, that is so kind of you. I really appreciate that. So onwards, forth with that, that's something I, I hope to be able to do very soon, jump full time, and just uh, uninterrupted content creation uh, primarily from not even just like, oh, you know, I would then jump entirely uh, into doing this. I just like, from an OCD, I used to be actually non-diagnosed, but I was legitimately OCD. Like I couldn't leave rooms without touching corners and stuff. And what I would love is now it's this, this it has now morphed into this benign and quite, I can, I can actually leverage it to get a lot of things done. So I love admin and managing all the accounts and you can see across the whole podcast network, I would love to be able to like, when I say, okay, so this is launching now, like God of War recently, I know that I have to wait till, till I get home to, to publish the YouTube version. And sadly, it will, it will be the same with Elden Ring. This one, thankfully, with the Iron Cut, this, this will go straight out. You can enjoy this straight away. But um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of admin involved, and all I want to do is be able to do it on the spot and not have myself, number one, myself. It's like, because no one's harsher on like timelines or the look of things or whatever. I've made adjustments to posts and thumbnails and album art that you will never notice and never know about. It's all, it's all just vitally important to me. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, I want to be able to like put that stuff out as fast as possible for myself and then you guys as a byproduct because... I love you guys. You're my family, you know? So, speechless gratitude. Speechless, eternal speechless gratitude. Here we go. Yeah, there you go. I think that'll that'll be a nice end note to end this on. So, it was so great having you join me for my little lunch break, folks. All right? It, this is, yeah. I've said it many times. It bears repeating. Um, I hope uh, throughout the day you just find yourself, like, quietly smiling. Um because that's what I'll be doing <laughs> as I head back into the kind of like kind of cold, you know, impersonal office. I will be daydreaming about like Dragonflight and all that fun stuff. And believe me, it's going to be an absolutely amazing time for all involved. Shout out to you, Tamura, for liking the post. And I'm just tagging you right now as I say this. Uh, so <laughs> tagging Jeff Keeley as well. There we go, folks. Okay. All right. Let's mosey on to the rest of the day because one thing that's great about heading upstairs is that it brings us that little bit closer. All right. That little bit closer to the release, to the beginning, to the lead up to everything, the seconds before the beginning of this new era of being beyond the Sea of Fox. So there you go. Looking forward to speaking with Sean on the upcoming episode. Uh, which will be now episode four, and then it's actually I'm actually quite I quite like the fact that the fifth episode will be because five is my uh, maybe you've noticed from the the main channel every five episodes on like whenever I hit the fifth one it um, it's just something a little bit more special for example like my childhood friend uh, Laura which is she's from my um, twenty plus years ago living in Montefiore cobblestone streets medieval surrounds I like I, I was you know absolutely went on to inform my love for Miyazaki and stuff so and uh, that was yeah um, 285 I believe so however way I'll arrange it I'll make sure that this one will be episode 5 of the Elden Ring podcast that's for certain and then this will be um, episode 290 of the main show. Whatever way I have to arrange that, it'll happen. So 
and that's that's this day captured, right? Brief little snippet episode, but had to be had to had to be captured, and I hope you enjoy it. So, be well, everyone, and until next time. <laughs> I'm so excited. Until next time, buy tragic things, my fellow tragic things. Until Summer Game Fest and beyond. And there you have it, everyone. This <laughs> little choppy kind of experience of this um, different timelines. You know, uh, it's a well-known concept from <laughs> from from Miyazaki, anyway, about uh, you know time and you know how how it vacillates and it's not quite linear. And there you go. Well, folks, um, this is me, honestly, not simultaneously not wanting this moment to end um and yet i cannot wait for this moment to end because i'm just so excited um <laughs> for both i i want i want everyone to just be completely bright-eyed like i am now i'm, I'm gonna be 33 in november the adult jadedness is hitting me every fucking day at increasingly high levels but it constantly the one of the things that keeps me afloat is the is Miyazaki <laughs> definitely um hearing Gary for example talk about you know having grown up on this stuff like that's my heritage my heritage is I grew up in a little vil- Italian medieval village for like a couple of years of my life enough so that I became bilingual Montefiore del Lazo um and it was genuinely like you could see the cobblestones and it, w- it was like a straight up like castle it was like it was Yanom essentially that I grew up in and folks to go, to go back to that western setting like i i have a, a fond space in my heart for, for feudal japan definitely but as i very much echo what you heard just gary talk about that um yeah my heart is what i grew up with you know and i grew up with medieval which is i consider medieval we're actually going to be streaming medieval when i've got the elgato and everything set up next year little teaser it's going to be uh someone mentioned i'm going to find it screen capture it and say someone hey said i want to see you play god of war and it's like i want you to to come along with me as i play god of war so leading into ragnarok we'll be playing that on stream playing medieval uh the remake on stream as well um and yeah so and okay, and I'm gonna say it again because this is extremely. Uh, yeah, time is convoluted, you know. <laughs> As we've jumped around in the in the, in the timelines, that's that's the point I was looking for. Um, I will say it as like as as definitively and as succinctly and clearly as possible. All right, so Patreon.com forward slash Duckfeed. Okay, that's what you want to be doing. Patreon.com. I'm gonna go to it myself. Duckfeed. All right, TV. Yeah, you want to just you just go just duckfeed or I think it autocorrects. No, you want to go patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV. Okay, just all one word. They have a couple of tiers there to get the bonfire side chats uh rekindled because they have the 250 regular run of it, which covers Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, okay, and a couple of other titles like um they have off seasons and stuff. I love that they call them seasons. Honestly, they even opened their episodes, as you heard, with this kind of crackly kind of radio feel. It's extremely cozy and wonderful. It feels like a proper radio production, you know, something definitely that I'm working my way to towards. Um, Elgato Wave, let's do this, get some better audio quality. And then we're going to go the A4600 Sony with the, the goose mount. It's going to be much better visuals and and, and audio as well for, for ourselves and uh, with the, the wider network. But um, back to bonfire side 
uh, chat rekindled at $7 a month, folks. Insanely worthwhile. Okay, I'm going to read all their benefits for you, right? Because I know, I, I don't even have to ask, oh, did you like that? Like, I know you loved it because it's just the caliber. In fact, you've got me baffling on like I'm doing. You have a great contrast of just how incredible they are versus me who I just... Yeah, need to in some way do some brain surgery or something so I can just stay more succinctly on topic or something. Unless they have amazing editors and they're actually just as scatterbrained as me. But anyway, uh, I find a way to eventually, I will find a way to eventually like refine it. But um, all right, $7, okay? It's the duck tier, all right? This tier gets you bonfire side chat rekindled, full episodes of Watch Out for Fireballs, two extra episodes of Abject Suffering, and the ability to ask questions or suggest prompts for a Watch Out for Fireballs uh, dispatches. You also get access to everything from the previous level, which includes Slack membership, early release of episodes, and a welcome pack of songs and jingles from our shows. They're the best in the biz, folks, in terms of critical, uh, culturally enriched lateral thinking i i've honestly heard even just now with this elden ring segment angles on elden ring that i just hadn't thought of before uh particularly regarding how how he has he's like i am in a unique as you heard him say i'm a i am in a unique position to trust from software with how they're going to make this open world so beautiful and so rich instead of this sparse thing and he said blame the you know blame ubisoft not the format the format is fine as we saw with you know the likes of um red dead redemption you know that's a beautiful way to um go about the open world format but folks love and light to the people who, who enjoy the ubisoft that's fine not my thing personally but you know i i'm, I'm with gary on cole on this one elden ring poised to be this synthesis of all the previous five, six, including Derasene, uh, Miyazaki led from software titles. Uh, I think it's, I think Elden Ring is, is the six, apologies. In which case, I mean the five previous um, Miyazaki led from software projects. Everything will be pulled in the level of detail from Derasene, the, uh, you know, that by now, completely having mastered and even beyond mastered the the customizability of the rpg which he seems extremely stoked on um as you heard gary and cole talk about the uh fusion of of the two authors sensibilities with lore and, and storytelling that's also going to be something that we all experience with elden ring and then on to whatever comes next uh for sure so everyone here we go enjoy <laughs> the rest of your evening day wherever you have to fire yourself if you're listening to this right up until and going straight into the next episode right i just all i have to say is i give you a gigantic hug right a gigantic episode three hug right the ring of candles and we will see you in episode four of the elden ring podcast beyond the sea of fog Take good care and until next time, bye for now.